Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, our 2021-2022 post-game recaps. This one is number five, I believe. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So... Tonight's episode, short and sweet, before we get to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat, it's going to be the Lakers and the Spurs. The Lakers getting their second win of the season tonight. And yes, it is actually post-game recap number five. Lakers getting the W in San Antonio in overtime. It was an exciting game. So let's break it down. LeBron James out tonight with ankle soreness. He re-aggravated it last game. So the Lakers obviously taking precautionary measures. We'll see if he plays tomorrow against OKC in Oklahoma. But this is why you bring in a Russell Westbrook. You know that LeBron and Anthony Davis are getting older. You know that they're not going to play every game. So you have one or extra star to make up for when they're out. And that that goes for when Russ is out or when Anthony Davis is out. They are always going to have the two superstar caliber players. And Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook with the rest of the supporting cast would be a playoff team on its own and would have high expectations on its own. And also would be much more likable on its own, I might add. But the first quarter, I thought that the Lakers came out really good. And I also thought it was the best stretch of basketball that DeAndre Jordan has played this season or as a Laker. I thought that he had a couple of nice defensive plays just affecting shots at the rim. I thought that he had a nice block at one point as well. He ended up with two blocks in the game. He had two lobs, one of which was on a fast break by Russell Westbrook, who you could clearly see was unleashed tonight without LeBron James. And you know, I'm sorry to the fanboys in the cult, but it's the truth. The biggest lie that's been told to us is that LeBron James makes everybody better. He doesn't. It's all about... With LeBron, you know who he makes better? Spot-up shooters and rim rollers. Not guys that want to post up and isolate or guys that can rock with the ball. Especially pass-first point guards, which he has never played with in his career. Eric Snow, you know, Booby Gibson, Mo Williams. These are scorers. Kyrie Irving, Mario Chalmers, catch and shoot. Kyrie Irving, scorer. He play makes, you know... And I think that's part of the reason why Dennis Schroeder didn't work out very well last year either because he's not an off-ball player. He wasn't very good in the catch-and-shoot game. He was only good with the ball in his hands. So, yeah. You know, I, I look at what Russell Westbrook did tonight, and that's why I encourage you younger fans because the reason why I figured this out and what licking everybody better looks like, I'm going to say it again, 1980 NBA Finals, Magic Johnson against the Sixers, the way he played when Kareem was out versus when he wasn't. Total sacrifice, total adjustment, Played within the system, which was move without the ball, push the pace, get in transition, so you don't have to play so much half-court ball. So, 
I see a comment about Rajon Rondo. Guys, Rondo was a backup point guard that would come in here and there. He wasn't the focal point. He wasn't getting huge minutes. He was getting some minute. He was getting some good minutes here and there off the bench. And LeBron did sacrifice for him. But to say that, but LeBron was the point guard that season. So actually, that proves my point further. LeBron was the point guard, and I think that's why the Lakers won the championship in 2020 was because he got the reins. So I will say this. Yeah, I would say go and watch Magic Johnson and see how he did it because it really opened my mind up about basketball and stars and how they sacrifice in order to make everybody better around them. But um, yeah, LaBox. Without LaBox, on some Roddy. That's that's LaBox for you. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. But not really. Russell Westbrook was unleashed and he was attacking the rim. One thing I really liked about Westbrook, that change of pace from the top of the key, all of a sudden he would come up the court and boom rapidly get to the rim it was incredible it reminded me of his OKC days and he did it even with DeAndre out there and it was opening things up he was that threat in the pick and roll and he was getting AD and DeAndre involved with lobs and I also liked the way that Anthony Davis started the game catching the ball a little bit deeper and score you know there was one position he had Keldon Johnson on him in that first quarter easy took him one dribble spin layup just dominant uh, or looking dominant like he can if he wants to do that more often and take advantage of switches and get deeper post position, all the things that we talk about all the time. But, and I also want to say, before I get to the Spurs making the little comeback, the Laker defense was good. They were fighting over screens to start the game very well, switching on occasion. But I will say this, man, the San Antonio Spurs in that first quarter, I've never seen a Spurs team take such bad shots. A lot of isolation, a lot of just dribbling the ball. And I just thought that it was taking some terrible contested shots, no movement. I was like, man, this is not Spurs basketball. And I think, you know, the Spurs ended up playing pretty well and, and making it a game. And, you know, they definitely play above their skill level because Pop is a great coach, arguably the greatest coach ever. But, man, it also says something to me looking at the stands tonight. I've never seen a San Antonio Spurs Laker game without with with so many Laker fans like there's always Laker fans they travel better than anyone there's Laker fans everywhere more fans than anyone else uh in the league but it looked like it was majority Laker fans tonight they were chanting defense at one point I've never seen such a thing which makes me realize how the mighty have fallen with the Spurs man this was an empire when I was a kid like wow it just shows me, you know, Pop will get the most out of them. I still consider them finishing. They're going to finish low to me, 12th. I don't think they're going to make the plan. Uh, but I think that that's debatable. I'm not 100% about that. They could definitely make the plan, especially if, you know, I, I, they look better than the, the Pelicans right now, but also Zion's not back. So we'll see what happens with that. But the Spurs are not an easy game. Let's put it that way. Simply, they're never going to be an easy game. They're usually going to always come out and play. And tonight was no different. But it's just crazy compared to what they used to have, man. It just shows you how much... It was really, really, pop is pop, but Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu, that was the Spurs that made them un, unstoppable. But anyways, they ended the quarter well, every quarter well. The first quarter was an example. When Russell Westbrook went to the bench for a small stretch, the Lakers missed shots, turned the ball over here and there, and the Spurs got on and ran and got a lot of open threes in transition. Lonnie Walker, Vassell, and they cut the deficit down, and they had to put Westbrook right back in the game, and the Spurs ended up taking a two-point lead to the second quarter. I also thought Carmelo Anthony, he only made one shot and that was in the second half. He took pretty decent shots. I actually didn't have a problem with his shot selection, but he wasn't hitting. And that was making the Lakers uh, 
I wouldn't say making the Lakers pay, but it was preventing the Lakers from creating some separation in that second quarter. It was a very high-scoring second quarter, 34-33. DeJounte Murray started to get going in that pick-and-roll, stopping and popping. Uh, I remember one time going left, he pulled up in the left elbow. Vassell even showed a little bit. And one thing I have to say is, you know, Reeves, he competes. You know, he competes, as I said in the last episode. You know, they're going to go at him. Teams are going to go at him. He's not the strongest, tallest. He's an undrafted rookie. So people are going to go at him and pick and roll in various situations. And they were tonight. He got scored on a couple times. But there was also a couple times, there were also a couple times where Austin Reeves played good defense straight up, got to stop. And too many Lakers, whether it was Westbrook, who really hasn't made much of an impact on defense. Yes, he had a couple of steals and jumped some passing lanes. But... Yeah, three steals, jumps and passing lanes, but overall, whether it's on the ball or off the ball, Westbrook has not really done much defensively in these first couple games. If you're a Laker fan, think about it. How many times have you said, great defense, Russ? You say good hustle, Russ, on occasion because he has occasional hustle plays, but he hasn't been great defensively to me in a couple of years. And Malik Monk is very, very weak defensively, I've noticed, in these first couple of games. Carmelo Anthony doesn't play very good defense. At least Reeves competes. And that's one thing I was thinking about tonight with the Lakers is that a lot of their guards just kind of die on screens. And I'm thinking to myself, does this team really have the defensive personnel to win a championship? I know it's early. I know LeBron definitely helps their defense, especially with his great weak side rotations and his communication. But let me know in the comments. Do you guys think the Lakers need to make a trade in terms of the defensive personnel? Do you think THT will be the answer to that? Because right now I have real concerns about their defensive personnel against elite opposition. Yeah, it looks good against the Spurs and Grizzlies where they win by the skin of their teeth here and there. But against real op- really good teams, we're talking the Milwaukee Bucks later down the line because as every Laker fan knows, it's championship robust. Yes, the offense and defense will take time, especially the offense. But like Carmelo Anthony's not just going to become a better defender overnight because Vogel's his coach. Same thing goes for DeAndre. Same thing goes for Malik Monk. So that's the question here. Rondo. I wanted to talk about Rondo as well. I thought he had a good stint in that second quarter, hitting some floaters in the foul line. And, you know, his defense was a little better tonight, but still, he's still not a great defender. And when he and Rondo are out there, especially with him, Rondo, and Malik Monk out there, the Lakers are going to get picked apart a lot. Like Rondo tonight, I know he had a decent game. He did have the lowest plus minus, though, of any Laker with minus 15. Now, I don't think that that means he had a terrible game, but I will say where I think it went wrong. Lakers go into the break down by one. They actually had a lead in that second quarter because Westbrook continued to play so well, and Anthony Davis was playing pretty well. It was the end of that second quarter where, you know, I have actually a, a story for you guys. Jakob Pertl, I saw him play in, uh, at the Galen Center, the last USC game I went to, 2016. Kyle Kuzma was playing. Jakob Pertl was playing. Julian Jacobs, Jordan McLaughlin, Benny Boatwright for USC. Uh, Chemezi Metu as well. Chemezi Metu is now in the NBA, was getting absolutely, he was a freshman at the time, he was getting absolutely cooked by Jakob Pertl. I remember looking at my dad, I'm like, dude, this Austrian guy's really good. Really good. Ends up coming to the league. He's a decent pro. I actually saw him at the rooftop bar in Venice, Irwin Hotel, this uh, this offseason. And I said, what's good to him? I said, yo, I remember seeing you torch. I told him the story. I, you saw you torch Chemezi Metu. Well, tonight, Anthony Davis gave him a taste of his own medicine like I saw that afternoon on uh, in 2016. Because there were three consecutive possessions where it was like they were playing one-on-one, basically. First possession, and this is what I'm talking about with AD. We make so many excuses for this guy. You want to talk about, oh, he's a 6'11 guard with great defense that does all this stuff on offense and he can face up and post up. 
What difference does it make if he doesn't actually do it all the time? When he can get the ball and like he spun over his right shoulder and just dunked within one dribble like he did against Pearl late in that second half, why can't he do that all the time? Why can't he be that aggressive on switches? It's ridiculous how many excuses we make. We've been our st- That's why I say the modern fan, their standard of basketball has been lowered seeing all this nonsense. Because Shaq, Barkley, Tim Duncan, when you put guys that are not actually their matchups on them, quick. Like, that's barbecue, double team. And that's one thing I liked as the game went on. Third quarter, AD was bullshitting to start, I might add. Second quarter, the Spurs closed it out well again. And it was that transition defense again. And... That's what made it a close game going into halftime. Third quarter, AD was BSing. The Spurs, it was pretty neck-to-neck for a bit. And then the wheels fell off the train because the Laker defense was just falling apart on a couple rotations. They couldn't stay in front of the ball. For example, on screens, they just die. And there were two times, one Rondo, one Westbrook in the second half. They saw that a screen was coming, right? And... They were anticipating that screen so much that they were basically inviting for the ball handler to go into the big man, which in my opinion is either bad game planning by Vogel or a lazy way of playing defense. I think it's lazy way of playing defense personally by the players, Rondo and Westbrook in these moments. They let them go to Dwight, which means that, okay, if you're letting the ball handler go straight into your big man and you're, you know, lagging behind chasing him or you want to switch to the big man, you need to have, or if you're just, if you're gonna, let's, say, let's just say you're going to send two at the ball handler. You're going to chase down the big man. You want, your, you want to trap the, the ball handler. Well, you need a rotation to take Dwight's man. Dwight's man is Jakob Pertl. He's a seven-foot guy. So how many guys are going to be able to rotate and actually make a difference when he's running to the rim and catches the ball six feet away from the basket or, let, or, or closer? You need to have a rotation quick to prevent that ball from even getting there or a big enough guy that can either take a charge or put a real body on him. When Malik Monk is that weak side rotation, that is not smart defense by who is guarding the point of attack, letting him go into the ball into the into the big man and forcing that rotation. Westbrook did it one time and Rondo did it another time. And that's lazy defense by the Lakers and that's going to get cooked all season long if that continues. But that's where usually LeBron would be out there and he's one of the best weak side rotators we have in the league. Other than that though, guys, that the Rondo Westbrook minutes small experiment tonight and we knew how it went and it went terribly end of the third quarter Spurs just cooked it just it wasn't going well out in transition Lonnie Walker DeJounte you name it they were getting whatever they wanted and it looked like the Lakers were going to go down the defense it just they couldn't guard the ball 35-24 in favor of the Spurs in that third quarter fourth quarter I was really as a neutral looking to see Anthony Davis try to take over the game. They took Rondo out to start the fourth quarter, put Russell Westbrook out there with Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves, and I believe Carmelo to space the floor, and Russ was in attack mode. And I love attack mode Russ. Didn't have to worry about anything tonight. Didn't have to worry about sacrificing or anything. Straight line drive to that right side, gliding to the basket as we've seen him done. We've seen him do so many times in his career, just gliding right and elevating hard drive right and even sometimes going left he didn't always finish it going left attacking the the center but when he would go into the body of pearl that opened up second chance opportunities for dwight and especially anthony davis when he came back in the game and i thought that you know reeves hit some open shots malik monk hit some open shots anthony davis though 
I liked how aggressive he was in the fourth quarter, and he was operating even with Dwight at the five. So that's what I'm saying. Even with Dwight at the five, it's because he was hitting some mid-ranges, 11-footer. He had he followed up on the offensive glass because Russ was putting guys in pick and roll with him. It was AD and Russ high pick and roll with Dwight in the dunker spot. And that's hard to guard when, when Westbrook is finishing at the rim because Westbrook was a threat that forces the big to have to fully commit and that leaves AD available for offensive rebounding opportunities. And that's what was happening tonight in that fourth quarter. AD had eight points, I remember, minimum in the fourth quarter. At one point, he had eight. He may have finished with 10 in that quarter. But I do remember this. After he had eight and the Lakers had kind of came back, Russell Westbrook made a three to put the Lakers up 107-104. Then he went to the bench. But in those bench minutes where Westbrook was out and the Spurs were kind of inching closer, they needed AD to be more aggressive. You know, taking fadeaways and deep threes. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you got to put your stamp your authority on this game. You know what I'm saying? Get in that low post. Demand the double team. The Lakers went on a big scoring drought at one point, and I remember what broke the drought. It was AD getting the ball closer than 12 feet, like 10 feet away from the basket. Double team. He found Austin Reeves, hit a corner three. Simple. You got to get guys. If AD gets guys to double team him, it's going to make everything so much easier, even for LeBron and Russ, because they'll have lanes to the basket. And when you have Russ and AD, Russ and LeBron going downhill, even if it's a half court set, it's hard to guard. You got to make quick rotations, leave shooters open. They can make reads. It all starts with Anthony Davis, guys. Laker fans, I'm telling you, this is it. It all starts with him. But anyway, Russ comes back into the game. It's neck to neck. Malik Monk. Hits a go-ahead three. And that was a deep ball. And a lot of confidence to take that shot, too. We had the AD injury scare late in the game. It looked really bad on first look. It looked like nobody made contact with him, and he hurt as he went up. But it turns out DeJounte Murray kind of need to need him and uh, knocked him as, as he was about to go up for the jump on the offensive board. The Spurs ended up scoring on that offensive rebound to tie the game at 114. If, I, if my memory serves me correctly, I think Russell Westbrook went to the basket and missed. And then DeJounte Murray had a chance to win the game and did not. But it was a good fight for the Lakers to come back and outscore the Spurs by 12 in that fourth quarter, 29-17. Their defense really clamped up. Dwight Howard had another good game, second good game in a row, where he really did a good job protecting the rim and just affecting shots around the basket, tipping rebounds out. You know, he was only one for one in 18 minutes, but he was plus 12, six points and eight rebounds. I also think Anthony Davis did a really good job rebounding tonight, and I noticed them. That's seven offensive rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds, 17 proper boards. And, you know, when the Spurs actually have a real big man out out there with Pirtle trying to get offensive rebounds, it's not just five out ball landing to their hands. So 35 points, 17 boards, and four assists for AD. He was fantastic, and I thought he could have been even better. He should have had 40, honestly. But he still got the job there, and the win is all that matters. Overtime, Russell Westbrook, again, asserted himself, attacking the basket. Anthony Davis, nice as well. And Russell Westbrook really put the hammer on things with this one-handed dunk to put the Lakers up six in traffic, full speed, absolute filth by Russ. He was unleashed tonight without LeBron. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens if LeBron comes back tomorrow. But, damn. The Spurs still made it close, though. Came back, knocked down a three. But ultimately, it was Russell Westbrook finishing with a lefty lay. Anthony Davis with a putback. That ended up being the difference in the game as the Lakers 
go on to win it and get their second straight win, 125 to 121. Yeah, AD tip, Russell Westbrook makes the layup, and that was that. DeJounte Murray couldn't score, and the, the Lakers win it after being down by 12. Huge. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis were just stars tonight. AD was probably my player of the game overall. 35-17, and 17, 4 assists, 4 blocks, 15 of 31. I like that he shot 30 shots. I really like when AD's aggressive and shoots a lot. Ken Bazemore, he was all right. 5 points, 2 of 6, 1 of 3 from 3. I thought that he was, you know, played less in the second half, if I recall correctly. DeAndre Jordan didn't play much in the second half at all. Russell Westbrook, by far his best game as a Laker. 33 points, 10 rebounds. Eight assists, only three turnovers, too. 15 of 27 from the field, so he was efficient. And he only shot four threes, one of four from three. Didn't need to take some of those, but one of them was big to put the Lakers up 107-104. Malik Monk, highest plus-minus by far. Very misleading, though, because it would, it's, by looking at the plus-minus, you'd think he played the best on the Lakers by far. Plus 31, obviously the highest in the game. 17.6 of 15 from the field. 4 of 10 from 3. He did his job. I mean, shooting 40% from 3 and hitting that huge go-ahead 3 in the 4th was big. Doug McDermott. Not Dougie McBuckets tonight. Dougie McBricks tonight. 4 points, 2 of 8. Only played 17 minutes. Keldon Johnson was no good. First quarter, he was really bad. 11.6 boards. 2 of 10. 0 of 3 from 3. Yaka Pertle, though. 27 and 14. Jesus Christ. It didn't feel like he played that well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn. 13 of 17, 27 and 14, wow. That's the quietest 27 and 14. I mean, I should say it though, modern NBA, it's what happens. Sometimes these stats, they sneak up on you. Derek White, not good as well from shooting the ball. Three of 10, one of six from three, seven points. DeJounte Murray though had a triple-double, didn't even know about this. 21 points, 12 rebounds, 15 assists. What the hell? Like, the stats are just coming out of nowhere. I didn't even think he played that well. 9 of 24, I noticed that. 9 of 24. He really shot 24 times? Jesus. Like, some of this is just news to me too, guys. <laughs> some of this is just news to me. But Lonnie Walker, though, 21 points and 6 assists off the bench, 7 of 10. 5 of 7 from 3, and then Vassell, 19 points, 7 to 16, 5 of 9 from 3. They made really big differences. Austin Reeves, 10 points on 3 of 5, 2 of 4 from 3, and 2 of 2 from the line. And yeah, Rondo, 8 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 of 9 in 20 minutes. Carmelo only ended up 1 of 7, so... But all that matters is the dub. Lakers win it 125-121. to 121. I see the New York Knicks were the only other game that played tonight, and they beat the 76ers 112-99. Joel Embiid, 2 of 7. My God. 14 points. Wow. An all-around balanced effort for the Knicks tonight, it seems. Kemba Walker, 19. Evan Fournier, 18. Nobody even getting 20 points tonight. But I heard Mitchell Robinson had a really good defensive night. Clippers, huge... Win last night in terms of just getting on the board. Really big. Check out my vlog, by the way, guys. It's up. It's short. Check it out. It was good stuff. Paul George was all right, but it was really the Luke Kennard show, and our defense was really good. We shut down Dame every time we play him in the Paul George Kawhi era. He gets nothing on us. And especially after those comments he made on Instagram, too, after when the bubble, you know, he has not gotten anything. We do a great job bothering him with, a, with our length. We blitz him when he has the ball. He refuses to move off the ball. We attack him on defense. And yeah, there's no way Dame's better than Luka, um, guys. I'm sorry. If you think that, you're just wrong now. Because Dame, 
even though Luka doesn't move the ball without the ball, he's six seven and he sees over the defense and he's big and he can bulldoze you. Dame, it's easy to get the ball out of his hands. If his jumper's not falling, well, it's not the same. He refuses to take mid range shots a lot of the time, and it's so, it's hard to take mid range shots when you're six feet and guys are chasing you off the three line because that's the way you like to camp out and guys are just running behind you. So it's hard. It's all runners, and he didn't want to do that. He tried to go all the way, and we always had a guy, Zubats Hardenstein, who's been fantastic for us, guarding him down there and being ready to help. And our help defense was great, and we just make someone else beat us, and eventually they chuck themselves out of the game, and they can't defend. I mean, we talked about the Blazers, and by the way, I was wrong. I said the Blazers are going to finish 8th and the Grizzlies ninth. Grizzlies are far better than them because they defend. So I was already wrong on that. I'd say the, the Grizzlies are going to finish 8th, and the Blazers are going to finish ninth. But the Grizzlies could finish even higher than that. Because John Morant is the real deal. Anyway, Bulls fans, I'm sorry. I've not watched the last two games. I will watch one of them tonight, though. I can promise you that. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Chelsea moving on to the Carabao Cup. Going to the quarterfinals. The quest for the quadruple is still on. Shout out to Reese James again, making the big penalty. Manchester United talking about Antonio Conte, my favorite manager, my inspiration to coaching. Um, potentially taking over. You know, this really worries me this scares the living daylights out of me this makes me want the Manchester United uh, or Man U to win this weekend and to stay in the title race so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stays manager so they never get Antonio Conte so that's it for me tonight guys thanks for joining me let me know what you thought of the recap make sure to subscribe on all platforms and make sure to comment and check out the vlog now we're going to go to the live chat 40 people I think a record for this for this season so far still waiting for those 80 to 100 nights guys Peace.